Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am Jason Monroe and this is episode 29. Good morning. <laughs> um, I'm squeezing this one in before I go get a haircut today. Uh, alcohol. So I've spoken about alcohol before, but not from not on this podcast and not from this perspective. So when I spoke about alcohol, I don't remember which episode it was, uh, I spoke about sobriety and my reasons for giving up alcohol. I've actually got my phone next to me with the Spotify thing up. So episode 21, where I spoke about sobriety and my reasons for choosing to remove alcohol from life and all that stuff, right? But let's park that to the side. I'm sure it'll come up in this episode, but um, that's not what this is about. This is about alcohol and the role that it plays in your life. Um, More specifically, the role it plays in your weight loss journey. So, alcohol contains calories, right? That goes, hopefully, without saying. Um, Some alcohols are much higher than others. Spirits are lower. Ciders are super high, Proseccos aren't that bad, wine can be high, beer is certainly high, Alcapops, God, you could tell what age I am talking about Alcapops, are particularly high in sugar because they're meant to taste great and not really taste like alcohol so you can drink them easily, Uh, all that stuff, right? Alcohol contains calories, so there's number one. How will alcohol affect your weight? Number one, it contains calories calories for a kickoff. But you know what? I will go out on a limb here and say that the calories, if if it just stopped at the calories contained within the alcohol, it probably wouldn't be a problem. But the effect, the effect is, the, the effects of alcohol don't just stop there, do they? Right? Let's say you have, I don't know, five or six gin and tonics off the top of my head, 65 calories each. Um, If it's a slimline gin and tonic, something like that, right? What did I say? Five, six, 60 calories, 360 calories, thereabouts, 400 calories, say. It's not a massive amount, is it? Uh, And realistically, that if that's just one night and a Saturday night, it should have next to no impact on weight loss progress. But as I said, does it just stop at the alcohol? Does it? You'll see people on Instagram and Facebook talking about alcohol and saying, oh, alcohol stops you from burning fat and it stops you from losing weight and all this other stuff. And it's not true. If you are in a calorie dip, like, I probably shouldn't say this, but you could do nothing but drink alcohol. Let's say that you didn't eat anything, right? Let's say that your diet for a week consisted of a bottle of wine, no, fuck it, let's say your diet consisted of two bottles of wine per day for a week, you would lose weight. There's about 600 calories in a bottle of wine, two bottles per day would be 1,200 calories, forget that it's alcohol, you are having a 1,200 calorie diet. And you are, of course, burning more than 1,200 because nobody just burns 1,200. So you would lose weight. F. F. It stopped at the alcohol, but it doesn't. It doesn't just stop at alcohol, it's everything else. And this is where alcohol slows you down. This is how alcohol stops you losing weight. 
it's not the mechanism of alcohol itself it's not the the ethanol which is the uh, the actual part that intoxicates you it's not the ethanol part of the drink that you're drinking it's you and the f- fucking idiot that you turn into under the influence of alcohol we're all idiots and I know that more than anyone now because I've been sober since September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, seven and seven and almost a half months I've been sober now. Longest ever since I was, I don't know, 17, 18. Um, and it's only going to get longer because I've, I've given it up for life now. So I can say this. <laughs> with a high degree of accuracy and all the situations that I've been in with all the different people that I've been in we just turn into fucking idiots with a drink and it's it's not in a bad way I mean there are some people who are quite bad with alcohol but there are people who are perfectly pleasant but they're still annoyingly stupidly pleasant so anyway alcohol changes you it affects you and then it starts to spill over into things that will affect your weight. So, I mean, what's the obvious one? Let's go with the big one, right? Hangovers. How did and, and hangovers affect everyone differently. So for me, personally, when I had a hangover, I could not roll around in bed. God, no. I had to get up. I had to, get, I had to go for a, at least a 30-minute sit-down shower. And then I would get dressed and go outside and do something. As in wash the cars, get the pressure washer out, do some garden. I had to be active to get rid of the anxiety and I had to be in motion, I had to be in sunlight and I had to be in fresh air. That was my thing. Then there are people at the other end of the scale who will not leave their bed at all or they'll curl up on the couch with a duvet and just scroll their phone all day. This is where things really start to have an impact and this is where things start to pile up on top of each other right so you had the night out last night let's say you had a bottle of half a wine okay 900 calories you had the night out you had the 900 calories and you were pretty merry so we're at 900 the next again day you normally do 10,000 steps a day and let's say that adds uh, 10,000 steps let's say that adds 600 calories onto your daily calorie burn except today you're hungover and you're living on the couch and you're watching Netflix and that 600 is now 200 because you're doing I don't know you do about 1500 steps I should have really done the maths before I started this but just for the sake of an example right so you've had the 900 calories of wine You've now burned 400 calories less than you usually do because of a hangover, because of the wine. So now the 900 calories is up to 1300 calories. And now you woke up the next day and you want a McDonald's breakfast. Now you don't normally have a McDonald's breakfast. You usually have a bowl of bran flakes and some fruit. I don't know how many calories are in a double sausage McMuffin meal. Do you know what? I'll pause this and check. 
Right, double sausage and egg McMuffin meal, 770 calories. No, 670 calories. And your breakfast is normally 300. So we're at 1300 plus 370. So we're now up to, let's just call it 1700 calories. This is going to get out of hand, the number of calories attached to this. And you're soon going to realize, fuck me. Alcohol is having a huge impact. So you have the McDonald's breakfast and then you start snacking throughout the day. You don't really fancy a proper lunch, so you just grab a bit of this and a bit of that. A few hundred calories more, we're up to 2,000. Nighttime comes. You've counted down the minutes until the Chinese opens. Four o'clock in the afternoon, you place your Chinese order to come at half five. And you get whatever you get. Um... It's a funny one, isn't it? Like, him, uh, I can remember how many times I would order a Chinese, have two bits of it, and be like, oh, I don't want that. But let's say you order the Chinese and you eat it. Add another 1,500 calories on. We're now up to 3,500. But it doesn't stop there. Because now you've wasted your whole Sunday. You've not been to the supermarket. You don't have any food in the house. You do not have a meal plan for the week. Monday comes around, you wake up, you're still tired, you're still feeling kind of shit from the weekend. And now your hangover is going to spill into the following week. So Monday, you drag yourself out of bed, it takes you everything you've got just to get ready. You don't think about packing any food to take to work. So you go out, you you grab something, you stop at Tesco, you get a meal deal, 700 calories, sandwich crisps, full sugar bottle of Coke. Lunchtime, you go out and you grab something else. And when you come home, because you've not done the food shop, because you don't have a meal plan, you phone a takeaway again. So, your few hours of merriment on a Saturday night, that equated to 900 calories, is now adding up to four, 5,000 calories over the space of a few days. So do you see what I mean? It's not the alcohol. It's what the alcohol... And it, you know, it, doesn't even, it doesn't stop there. There's more. So that's just the Monday. That tiredness, that feeling, that, not just that, from the food choices that you're now making is on Tuesday and Wednesday is leaving you feeling sluggish and bloated. And if you are the type of person that snacks and eats when you feel tired or when you need a boost in the afternoon, it goes on and on and on. So, those few hours on a Saturday night, those few hours of escapism, those few hours of relaxation and the illusion of de-stressing, the fun and the enjoyment and the socialising aspects, they're a lot more expensive than the money you spent on the night out and the 900 calories of wine that you drank. God, I didn't even get into the takeaway that you get on the way home after the night out. Or the snacks that you eat when you're out. So you can see how it racks up to crazy numbers of calories. And here's the thing, like people will blame the alcohol. Oh, you know, they'll they'll step on the scales by the end of that week and say, I've not lost anything or I've gained a pound. It must have been that bottle of wine. It's like, well, yeah. 
technically it was the bottle of wine or the bottle and a half of wine, but not for the reasons you think. Like you're you're blaming the wine. It wasn't the wine. It was how you react to being under the influence of alcohol and after being under the influence of alcohol. And this is where things this is where things get super complex because you don't understand how well how can she do this and lose weight and I can't? How can that person go to the pub every Friday night and not gain weight? And, and it, it's not the alcohol, right? It's it's you as a person. How do you react to alcohol? How do you behave under the influence of alcohol? How do you cope with a hangover? How do you cope with tiredness? How do you cope with a lack of food choices in the house? Do you throw something together or do you order out? You know, it's that's how different people can do different things. You know, that's how you can take 10 people who all drink and they will all have different things going on with their weight because they all deal with things differently. Not everybody does all of the things that you do after they have a drink. So, you know, when when people ask me, you can can I can I still drink alcohol and lose weight? I used to just say yes because as a as a standalone question, yes, you can. I mean, I just said that. You could have you could drink alcohol every single day. You could drink a bottle of wine every day, two bottles of wine every day, not eat anything. And your weight would come down because you're only having 1,200 calories. It's irrelevant that it's coming from alcohol. Yes, alcohol is a toxin. It takes priority in the body. Your body will burn it off, but it doesn't burn it off forever. Once it's gone, once the calories are used, then it's back to using body fat again. Not suggesting anyone ever attempt that, by the way. Um, Or have a diet comprised entirely of wine. So yeah, the the answer to that used to be, can you can I can you drink alcohol and lose weight? Absolutely. But when you make when you make the question more specific and you say, can I drink alcohol and lose weight? Then my answer has it changes. That's when I say, well, it depends. What are you like with alcohol? Do you turn into a snack monster? Do you? I, I worked I worked with someone, um, inside the group who enjoyed a glass of wine. And she and she wasn't like smashing bottles of wine. It was every single night with dinner, a glass of wine. And that glass of wine would last her her whole dinner. She would finish dinner and then she would sit down with the rest of the glass of wine in front of the TV. Like she, she wasn't drinking with the aim of getting drunk. She was someone who enjoyed the taste of wine. She was a wine, what's the word, a connoisseur? connoisseur? Um, she actually enjoyed wine for the sake of wine, not the whole getting drunk aspect. But she also had created this habit where she had to have crisps with wine. So she's having the glass of wine. It's accompanying her dinner. Fine, not a problem. Then she takes the wine. She sits down in front of the TV after dinner. And now she wants crisps and she's not hungry. She doesn't want anything to eat. She's, she's full but. She has created this this habit over years of having crisps with wine. And I was speaking to someone about this yesterday in the group actually about the attachments that we make and how unhelpful attachments can be, right? So in this example, if 
every time someone has a glass of wine, they open a sharing bag of crisps, then how many crisps you eat is determined by how much wine you drink. And that's a problem, right? When we start anchoring our food choices to the external, that's when we're giving the kind of the control of our weight, the the responsibility, the direction of our weight. We're passing it over to other things. So, a good example would be if you have a biscuit with every single cup of tea you have, right? So let's say you have a cup of tea, two sugars and milk. 30 calories-ish, and a custard cream. I don't know how many calories in on those, probably 70. I checked it, it's 60. <laughs> I was close. Um, so every time you have a 30 calorie cup of tea, you are having a 60 calorie custard cream. So every cup of tea costs you 90 calories. Now, if you are the person that has a biscuit with every cup of tea, then how many biscuits you eat in a day is dictated by how many cups of tea you have. So if you have one cup a day, cool, 90 calories. It's not much different to like, I don't know, a homemade latte. If you have five cups of tea in a day though, then we're at 450 calories, that's a meal. If you have 10 cups of tea in a day, we're at 900 calories. That's half your, that's half many people's calories for a whole day. I once worked with someone, talking about tea, I once worked with someone who was an absolute superstar. She was phenomenal, she was making constant progress, she was, she absolutely loved our approach and all the rest of it, but she was only making half the progress she was supposed to be making. And I could not, for the life of me, figure out what it was. I knew she wasn't lying to me. Like, I can tell almost immediately when someone is telling me porcupines. Oh, yeah, honestly, my tracking's completely accurate. It's not. Um, But with her, I knew she was being completely honest, and it was something else. So we got to the bottom of it. It's like, right, is it, you know, what about this? What about oils in your cooking? What about, you know, uh, sugar? What about sugar in your tea, milk, etc., hot drinks, all that. She went, oh, I have, I have cups of tea. But she had misunderstood something that I had said somewhere one day on Instagram when I was talking about hydration. Uh, I'd said that tea counts towards your hydration, which it does. But she took that to mean that tea was just a part of your water intake. So like, not to count the calories in it. That's what she took from that. And at the same time, I was like, well, that's not really what I'm looking for. You are losing half a pound a week when you should be losing a pound a week. There is like a 250, 300 calorie mistake going on somewhere each day. I'm needing something pretty big to to find that. So I asked, tea, maybe 30, 35 calories a cup. How many cups of tea do you have in a day? 10 cups of tea in a day. And in that instant, we found the 300 and odd missing calories. That meant her progress was going at half the rate it should be. She was tracking 1,500 calories and losing half a pound a week. But she was actually having 1,800 calories and losing half a pound a week. Once we raised the tea thing and she started to include the tea in her calories, our weight just went from half a pound a week to a pound a week. Just like that, within a week, straight away. It was a magical moment. Anyway, 
tangent there. Um, I like telling that story though because it's such, it can be quite an eye opener for people. Anyway, if you have a cup of tea and with every cup of tea you have a biscuit, it's not just the tea calories, it's the biscuit calories. And if that food is attached to that drink, then you have that food every time you have the drink. In the same way that this person kept opening family sharing bags of Walker Sensations every time she had a glass of wine. So it was not just the 120 calories from the glass of wine, it was how much of a bag of Walker Sensations she got through. And that was every single night, and that, that's what I mean, you know, similar to, to the tea and the biscuit situation, you know, if if the glass of wine was on a Friday night and it was half a bag of crisps and that was it, probably not a problem. You could do that on a weekly basis, right? That, I, I would classify that as a some of the time occasion, right? It's not, you know, wine is not essential to the diet. Crisps are certainly not essential to the diet. But if you want to have them, have them. Put it into the some of the time category and do that some of the time while you look after things the rest of the time. But if you are having a glass of wine every night to accompany your meal and you're opening these walker sensations as well and having a few hundred calories of those on top of that, then it's a massive problem because it's adding a lot of calories to your day. I kind of lost my, my thread of why I was <laughs> of why I ended up on that. I think it was to do with um, how different people can do different things and it not affect their weight, right? So in that instance, you might say, you know, she might say, oh, I need to stop drinking wine. It's wine that's a problem. It's like, well, it's not really the wine that's a problem. The glass of wine's only 120 calories. It's the 300 calories of Walker's sensations that are the issue multiplied by seven. But yes, it kind of stems from the alcohol, but it, it's not the alcohol itself. It's the attachment you've you've created to it. In the same way that, with everything else I mentioned, it's not just the attachment, it's your behaviour, the person that you turn into under the influence, the way that you react to a hangover, how that then knocks into Monday, Tuesday, potentially Wednesday. Do you see what I mean? So the the cost of alcohol does the cost of alcohol or the consequence the cost and the consequence of alcohol does not just stop at one o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning when you stop drinking and go to bed, right? The the cost of it continues definitely the next day, potentially the next day, maybe even the next day. And the thing as well is if if you're also the if you are also on top of all of that the type of person that has the kind of all or nothing mentality because you start your week off on the back foot then it's very easy to say oh I'll just start again next Monday so your drink the drink that you had on a Saturday night those few hours of enjoyment have now you've allowed those to impact seven whole days before you get to next Monday and you start over again So it's not the alcohol itself, it's the cost of the alcohol and it does not just stop when you stop, you know, it doesn't stop when you have your last drink. The ramifications, we'll use that word, can last, you know, they last much longer.
So what does it mean? Does it mean you should stop drinking? I mean, that's entirely up to you. That's for, not for me to say. Do you know what, actually? Here's, I'll leave you with this. I had someone in the group very recently who has problems with overeating, who has problems with snacking, who is trying to work on those things, but they were also prioritizing alcohol, right? So they said, I'm trying not to gender identify here, but they said, I've got a night out this week, I'm so stressed out, I don't want to ruin my progress, da 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 right? And I said, well, what type of person are you when you have a drink, right? Because the alcohol part is a choice. You don't have to drink. You can go to things and not drink. You can go to things and choose not to have any alcohol. When you're trying to work on changing yourself, right? You're not trying to tra- to change drunk you. You're trying to change sober you. And if you have quite a lot of work to do, especially if you've got work to do on emotional eating or anything like that, eating when you're tired, eating when you're bored, if you have any mental health issues, like why would you even drink alcohol anyway if you had any mental health issues? But if you are, if you have anything going on when it comes to food that is related to your mental state or your emotional state, then alcohol alcohol featuring in your diet is going to make it I'm not going to say impossible, but it's going to make it close to impossible for you to actually change. Now, I know that's quite, it's quite a bold statement to make, and it's its probably quite a disappointing thing to hear. Um, it took me many years to realise that it doesn't matter how much you improve as a person when you're sober. Alcohol will almost always do more harm than good. Now, not not physical harm or anything like that, but there are, you know, a close friend of mine once said, alcohol makes everything worse all of the time. Maybe not in the moment when you're feeling great for those few hours, but afterwards, like, nobody feels better with a hangover, do they? Like, the world does not look like a better place when you're hungover. The world does not look like a better place when you're tired. Your goals do not seem achievable when you're full of anxiety. James Clear, the guy that wrote Atomic Habits. I'll leave you with this. Um, the, the guy that wrote Atomic Habits, he sends out an email every Thursday. It's called 321 Thursday. I think it's three ideas from him, two quotes and one question to ask yourself or something like that. Um... And this week, the the first idea was, it's hard to build momentum if you're dividing your attention. So when it comes to losing weight, right, weight loss is something that many people find it hard to get started with. Many people with struggle with uh, motivation and they struggle with consistency. And something I see a lot in the group with the people I work with is that they want to lose weight but they also don't want to give up very much. And while you don't have to give things up for the rest of your life, there may be some things that you want to just park to the side for a while until you get good and build momentum with something. So, you know, like, there'll be people who join and they're like three days in and it's like, okay, I'm, I'm just trying to plan my alcohol for the weekend. And it's like, well, 
Have you even planned your meals for the week yet? Why are we Why are we straight to alcohol? And it just shows you where their heads are. You know, they, they have no intention of missing out on anything. And it's like, well, if I can't lose weight and drink alcohol at the same time, then I'm not going to bother. And it, it shows where their priorities are and what they find important. And unless you can help them with that way of thinking, they're probably not going to last very long. So while we don't have to give up things entirely, okay, coming back to this quote, it's hard to build momentum if you're dividing your attention. So alcohol is a good one because when we're trying to lose weight, alcohol, like I've just covered over the last 30 minutes, alcohol can have a massive impact. So instead of trying to divide your attention between one thing that is going to help contribute to weight loss and another thing that's probably going to contribute to the opposite, pick one. Okay, what do you want to do right now? Do you want to lose weight or do you want to get pissed every Friday night and slow weight loss down and hamper yourself? Do you know what? I had it recently, very recently in the group. So we've opened up our Clan Monroe Instagram account again and... Um, it's, it's a member's takeover account where someone from the group each week takes over and gives some insights. And I can see the account, I see all the stuff that comes in and somebody, somebody sent a question in a question box saying, oh, you know, something about slow losses. I'm really struggling with the slow losses. Now, when I see people talking about slow losses, I'm always, you know, I always want to make sure that that isn't actually happening. So I jumped into the group, had a look at them and they had been in the group for like 10 days, no, they had done one check-in. I think they'd been in for three weeks. They had tracked for maybe 10 days, I think it was, out of the three weeks. They had two nights out where they didn't track all weekend. And they think they're having slow losses. You know, and it, it's this expectation that, oh, but, but I did it some of the time though. So does that not mean I should still be losing weight? And it's a great example of how someone's attention is divided. Monday to Friday, everything was fine. Friday night to Monday morning, they're doing nothing. But they still have the expectation that, well, why am I not getting any results? Why is my progress so slow? Because you're getting pissed on a Friday night and it's putting you out of the game until Monday morning. Rinse and repeat every weekend. So it's hard to build momentum when your attention is divided. So again, you don't have to give up alcohol for life. But when it comes to weight loss... And more specifically, when it comes to you and how you know you are, when alcohol is a feature in your life, would it be better for you to ditch it for a month or two so you can get started and then you can reintroduce it at a later date? I don't like the idea of people removing things entirely. Like if... Let's say someone came to work with me for six months and they decided they weren't going to drink for six months. Now that's great because it would allow them to make brilliant progress. However, if they leave me after six months and start drinking again, they've not learned how to incorporate alcohol into their diet and into their lifestyle. So removing things entirely for the full duration of something does not teach you how to live with it. So if alcohol is going to be a part of your life, it has to be a part of your time working with me at some point. I'm just saying that it might be best 
you know, when if when you are planning to start improving your diet or going on a weight loss journey, <laughs> I hate that word, that term, um, to temporarily remove alcohol. Now, I'm only talking about alcohol. Alcohol is different. I, I wouldn't suggest anyone removes crisps or chocolates or sweets or anything like that because those don't turn you into an idiot. Alcohol does because alcohol intoxicates you. It is a it is literally a poison that changes you. So it's completely different to th- to to anything else. The removal of it will allow you to lay the foundation and make some good initial progress and get some experience and start laying down some habits and then you can reintroduce it at a later date. But doing so, taking into consideration everything that we spoke about here, having the exp- you know, having clear expectations, right? I am going to drink this weekend and I know that I am probably going to do this, I'm probably going to do that, I'm probably going to feel like this afterwards, but I, I enjoy alcohol, it's going to be a part of my life, I need to learn how to incorporate it and not have it lead to weight gain. Otherwise, something you're going to deal with your whole life. And, you know, I am all about helping people lose weight for life. Um, So it's far better to learn how to include something than it is to remove it entirely, lose the weight you want to lose, bring it back in and start piling the weight back on again. So can you drink alcohol and lose weight? Absolutely. Can you specifically listening to this right now drink alcohol and lose weight? Only you will know the answer to that because only you know what you are like under the influence and after the influence. Anyway, that's enough for today. Um, If you find this helpful or if you have any more questions, get in touch with me. Instagram, preferably, that's the best place to catch me. Drop me a DM. And if you enjoy listening to these, if you enjoyed listening to this one, take a screenshot. Stick it on your stories. Tag me in it. I love seeing it and I love being able to message you and interact and ask, you know, what what helped? Did anything help? Did you enjoy any particular part? Anyway, until next time.